everybody doing this morning I went hmm interesting camera lens is a little foggy here this morning for some reason it was fine a moment ago yeah mandazi that's what I was eating mandazi and uh, mandazi was tasty is tasty I mean it's fried dough basically is what it is uh, is that keto uh uh not at all but certainly reminds me of the good time that I was having down back in South Sudan and uh, where Mandazi was part of the uh, the menu every single morning and get up and have Mandazi and tea. Um, coffee was mm, Nescafe. And uh, so I, I ended up off, opting for tea more often because 
you know, instant coffee. I had it a few times, but the tea, I had to get used to the tea. This morning, it's coffee, though. We are in Acts chapter 3, and we are uh, picking up in verse 11. Yesterday, we were looking at a man who was healed uh, as Peter and John were walking by, uh, as they were going up to the temple on their way for prayer. Um, this man who was crippled from birth uh, asked them to uh, give him a little money. And uh, when he saw Peter and John, he asked for money. It says in verse 3, uh, Peter and John looked straight at him and said, look at us. Um, verse 6, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. What he did, he did in the name of Jesus. I mean, that's one thing I want to point out in verse 6. I don't have silver. I don't have gold. What I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Walk. And, and sometimes for us to be able to say, look, I don't have silver. I don't have gold. Uh, but what I do have, I give to you. Um, and that's Jesus. And friends, we can give people Jesus. They might be discouraged. We can give them Jesus. Some people go, I don't need Jesus. I don't need prayer. I don't need your Bible verses. I don't need your... Well, sometimes that's what we're going to give. And when we would give in faith Scripture, when we would offer in faith a prayer, that's something that God can use. And especially when you don't have anything, at least it's something that you can do. The man jumped to his feet, verse 8, it says, one, one thing I'll uh, point out in verse 7, and we, we will get further down in the text this morning, instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Remember, he had never walked. He had been crippled from birth and to instantly be healed. Now this man has to learn how to walk. Uh, but it says he jumped to his feet and began to walk. I mean, the instantaneous nature of the healing of God, not only did it bring him the ability to walk, but it, it says that in verse 8, he jumped to his feet, began to walk, and he was walking and jumping and praising God. If God did something like that for you, would you not be jumping? Would you not be shouting? Would you not be praising God for what he has done? And too often, I think we hold back when we maybe need to be shouting and need to be jumping and need to be praising God. Yes, maybe sometimes even in a church service, maybe. Um, I know for some of you, that would be quite a stretch uh, to think that way uh, or to act that way. But when God has done something so absolutely, astoundingly wonderful in your life, do you not want to praise him? Do you not want to tell other people what it is that the Lord has done for you? Verse 9 says, when the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple uh, at the gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, the miracle leads to the message. That's where we're going to go this morning. Verse 11 says this, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colony. When Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? 
Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he, had, though he Pilate, had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him as you can now see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people, and you must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as, ma uh, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So this is the message that Peter preaches. Uh, in the midst of the message, he takes them back to the Old Testament. In the message, he takes them back to Moses. In this message, he takes them back to, um, to the prophets. Uh, in this message, he takes them to Jesus. And that is the point. And, and one of the points yesterday is, you know, God will not share his glory. Uh, and uh, Peter wasn't saying, yeah, well, I, I did a pretty cool miracle there, didn't I? No, he points to Jesus. These things will always point to Jesus. The legitimate things will point to Jesus. The legitimate works will point to Jesus. And that's exactly what he does here. Uh, down at verse, I lost my mouse. There we go. Down at uh, verse 12, he dis, uh, disavows himself of anything in himself, any power or any godliness or anything like that that make, made the man to walk. We didn't do it. Uh, he, uh, it verse 13, God has glorified his servant Jesus. Um, 
Verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you all can see. We're called to trust Jesus. We are called to point other people to trust Jesus. It isn't a calling to it isn't a calling to point people to trust in our church. Uh, it isn't a calling to uh, call people to trust in a particular pastor. Uh, it isn't a calling to uh, you know to, to have people uh, send money. Uh, it's none of those things. It is a calling to faith in Jesus. Uh, it is a calling to believe in the name of Jesus. Uh, in verse 16, he talks about, and the faith that comes through him. Uh, it is in, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him. I mean, we have faith because of Jesus. We not only have faith in him, but we have faith because of him. In fact, some theologians believe that even the faith that we do possess is a gift from God himself, that, that, even, that God even gives us the faith to believe. So by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It's Jesus' name and faith that comes through him. It's given him the complete healing. In the midst of the message, down in verse 19, note what the words say. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repent. That is the idea of acknowledging our sins. Uh, repent. That is the idea of turning from self-reliance to God-reliance. Repent and turn to God. Notice what it says in verse 19 that your sins may be wiped out. That is that is what God does. Friend, if you are stuck in your sins, if you are stuck in your doubt, if you are stuck in your discouragement, if you are stuck in disillusionment, I tell you today that if you will turn to Christ, if you will acknowledge your sins to Christ, if you will confess your sins to Christ, if you will trust in Christ and offer him your heart, he will wipe out your sins from your life. He will give you a clean slate. And then it says this also in verse 19, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Friend, do you need to be refreshed today? We don't always think of repentance as refreshing, but it is. It's like um, going out and uh, going into a barn. Any of you that have ever been in a barn that has uh, horses or cows or chickens uh, or, or really any animal like that, and if you spend much time at all in that barn, and let's say you stay there for an hour talking with the farmer, or let's say beyond that, you have gone to help the farmer at his barn. Uh, you've gotten dusty, you've gotten dirty, you've gotten sweaty, and you're going to come out and you're going to smell like that barn. And you know it, you can smell it. Or another situation for you, let me give you another illustration. Uh, you're in a situation where where there's lots of sweat and no showers, no deodorant. 
uh, and that was Africa. I mean, they, there wasn't really a lot of that, uh, and not necessarily a lot of um, showers, hot showers to be taken. And so you, there, there was there was some odor, body odor, sweat odor that you would have. And sometimes you get to the point where you can smell yourself. You ever been there uh, from the sweat? And it's like, yeah, I smell. And what do you do? You go take a shower. You take, you know, I, I think of the, the uh, old uh, commercials for Irish Spring, you know, and you, you take uh, you take the Irish Spring and you clean up and you put on some deodorant. And you maybe put on some foo-foo juice. You know, foo-foo juice is like cologne or perfume. And you feel refreshed. Your hair looks good. You, you've gotten the dust and the dirt off of you. And uh, and you're clean. Uh times of refreshing times of refreshing the times of refreshing may come that you would be refreshed in the lord that comes by repentance that comes by confession that comes by acknowledging your needs to him and allow him to refresh you friend today be refreshed in him be encouraged him uh, by him verse 20 says this Freshing may come from the Lord that he may send the Christ who is appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets, Moses. Uh, and Moses, he, he talks about Moses, beginning at Moses. The Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. This is Moses uh, pointing to Jesus. Now, I, I'm just looking at a comment over here, and, and I, I want to hit this comment because it's so true. Uh, Nell had said, I'll put that up on the screen this way. Um, Nell had said, repentance makes us smell clean. The idea, Paul speaks about us being an aroma of Christ, going up before the nostrils of God, a pleasant uh, the pleasant smell of Christ in our lives, of being pleasant to those around us. Absolutely. Repentance makes us clean. Repent, uh, repentance makes us, uh, turns us from a, from a stench to a pleasant aroma in how we live our lives. In verse 26, Peter concludes this, when God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways, to be turned from our wicked ways, to be turned to Christ, to be trusting in him. The message led to the message. That is the point that, that I, I want to make today, a point, one of the points. A second point is by repenting, uh, and turning to the Lord, you may experience times of refreshing from the Lord. Uh, sometimes when, when we're all befuddled, maybe it's a, a need of being refreshed in the Lord. Maybe it's a, a case of needing to come before the Lord in, in some confession and some repentance, those types of things. And the Lord will refresh. I believe the Lord delights to refresh his people. Uh, I believe that the Lord delights to uh bring us encouragement. I believe that the Lord likes to turn us from our wicked ways. And we get to experience having the wonder of Christ within us. That's what we get to have. 
Now, yesterday, I, I, we, we began in this discourse, and I want to go back to it uh, for a moment uh, with, with a question. Uh, here's a question. Why don't believers today perform the same miraculous works as the early Christians? Uh, and, and again, I'm going to land, I'm going to start this by saying what I said yesterday. There are those who believe and practice in the miraculous area, and there are those who reject that and say it is not for today. Um, and I, I want to conclude that we need to realize, in, in my experience, I've encountered believers all over America, but I've encountered believers around the world that have varying views on these things. The main thing is if their focus is always pointing to Jesus, not pointing to the miracle, not pointing to money, not pointing to, hey, you're going to get this out of this. If they're pointing to Jesus um, and pointing me to Jesus, uh, I, I will abide with that. I will take that. Uh, rather than getting in the argument about what we don't have in common, we need to find what we do have in common in Jesus uh, and rejoice in that fact. Otherwise, friends, we're just showing ourselves to be combative Christians and continue to be a turnoff to the world around us. Now, let me read some of this uh, that, that I've pulled up, a little research for you. Uh, you know, when, when Jesus was here upon the earth, he performed a number of miraculous deeds. The apostles performed a number of miraculous deeds. There were those who were not in that apostolic 12 who were a part of the early first century disciples who performed miraculous deeds. The apostle Paul, who wasn't walking among the um, that tribe of the first 12, uh, he performed miraculous deeds. Uh, and there are eyewitnesses who recorded what they saw. Jesus gave miraculous powers to those who followed him. Uh, after he left the earth and ascended into heaven, his miraculous power remained with them. Uh, and, and so we see that in the Bible. Uh, and we see in Acts, we'll continue to see in Acts, all kinds of miraculous things that happen. Uh, we note that the Bible says they did many miracles. Uh, they obviously had the ability to perform great works, something that Christ gave them. And I've already noted it wasn't uh, limited to just the apostles. Uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 8, we will get to that. It says, Now Stephen, a man full of grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. So a verse like that, he wasn't one of the 12. He wasn't one of those early ones sent out. Um, so he was a non-apostle. Uh, and had these certain abilities. In fact, we know that Stephen would become one of the first deacons. And yet, this shows us that uh, he did have the ability to do miraculous things. Miracles cause belief. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 6. What shall we do to these men? For indeed, uh, a notable miracle has been done through them is, is evidence to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 16. They obviously could perform great deeds. Uh, there was no way in which anyone could deny what was taking place. Now, we would argue that this was to substantiate the gospel. Remember, they didn't have Bibles then. 
They didn't have books of theology then. Uh, all they had was what they experienced. That was it. Or what they heard, that is all they had. So the question comes, why don't we see miracles today? And, and there tend to be three answers that are commonly given why we don't see the same miracles today. There are those who contend that the same miracles that were performed by the apostles should occur today. Uh, but yet, the fact is, they're not happening with the same regularity as you read in the New Testament. Uh, nor is there the normal experience for for most churches or believers that just you, the, the whole name it claim it theology um, that that is there, which we often liken to the prosperity gospel. The question is, why don't we see the same type of supernatural things happening today? Should the believer expect to see these miraculous signs in our day and age? I think it's it's absolutely fitting that we would. Uh, that we would want to see these things, I don't think there's any problem with that. Personally, why would we not want to see God work in marvelous and miraculous ways? Um, and yet, even though I've said that, uh, I also would conclude that I am content in the sovereignty of God, that whatever God chooses is, is what I will accept. Uh, but why not pray? I mean, people that need physical healing, why not pray for that? Um, here are some answers that are given why we don't see the same thing. The spiritual gift of working miracles was limited to the apostolic age um, as a confirmation of the truth of the gospel. This gift is no longer given. That's called the cessationist view. Um, and for many, many years, I did hold to a cessationist view uh, that, okay, these gifts have ceased. And the reason I did that was because of the, the the theology I was around, the people I was around. If I was going to be accepted, I, I needed to uh, maintain that view. And, and there were good arguments given, although some point to something in 1 Corinthians 13, these gifts will cease. Um, I personally have concluded now that I think that's a coming yet day and not a, uh, I don't believe that the cease uh, the ceasing has already happened, the cessationist view. Uh, I think things are much more limited, but not completely eradicated. Number two, uh, miracles are possible today, but sin and a lack of faith on the part of believers keeps miracles from happening. I do think that that, in fact, can be a case. However, sometimes that that, that is over-argued on the part, sometimes, I think, possibly, uh, on the part of some uh, of a more Pentecostal persuasion and so you have person, people that are confessing and confessing and confessing and, and trying to muster up all this faith, uh, all the faith that they can have when Jesus said all that's required is the faith of a grain of mustard seed, which is the smallest of the seeds. Uh, and so sometimes that can be overblown and there can be a, an incredible amount of guilt put on people that God himself doesn't put on people with that. Um, and then... Number three, and this is kind of where I land, miracles are still, still possible. God still does miracles, uh, but it may not be the norm. It may not have the same uh, uh, regularity uh, as we read in the Gospels in the book of Acts because we now have the, the, the scriptures uh, to point us to God. Uh, now, why were they limited to the apostolic age, some would argue? There are verses in New Testament that speak of the confirmation of Christ's miracles, uh, Christ's message by his miracles, or Christ's message by the miracles performed by the apostles. 
Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, What makes us think that we can escape if we are so indifferent to this great salvation that was announced by the Lord Jesus himself? It was passed on to us by those who heard him speak, and God God verified the message by signs and wonders and various miracles and by giving gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose to do so. So the book of Acts, uh, book of Hebrews, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, speaks to the reason uh, for the miracles, the miracles verifying uh, the work of Christ um, and the message of Christ. Um, but yet we would continue. If the confirmation of the gospel were the only reason for miracles, then then after the word had been confirmed, there would be no need for any further miracles or further signs. Some people argue that is why we do not see miracles performed on great regularity today. Uh, the argument sees miracles strictly uh, having the purpose of the confirmation of the message of the Christ before the canon of the scripture was given. Now, if, if that is true, then miracles not only conti- would have continued not only in the first century, but the second century, the third century, because we didn't have the canon of scripture before the fourth century. So the, the apostolic age lasts for three or 400 years, 300, 360 some years. Uh, and were those miracles done in that steady nature? We don't read about that, um, but that is an argument. The argument really hasn't convinced many people. Uh, indeed, it's said that, that if this were the purpose of the miraculous gifts, then we should expect to see them every time or at least more often than what is recorded in the uh, New Testament. If, in fact, it were the case uh, that it was only given for the substantiation of the message, we should see the miracles on every occasion uh, of the early presentation of the gospel. And we didn't see miracles on every presentation of the gospel. Uh seems to indicate that miracles may have been for other reasons than the confirmation of the message of Christ. Now, I am arguing for the fact that I believe that the miracles confirm the message of Christ. Uh, and, and what I'm reading to you here from this little bit of research, uh, this person uh, in this little section I'm reading is indicating that they think, well, uh, you know, miracles could have been for other reasons, simply to heal people. I mean, could that not be the case? Could not could God not simply just have love and want to heal someone? Uh, Paul himself also mentioned that signs and wonders followed him where he went by the power and signs and wonders uh, through the power uh, of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of God, Romans chapter 15, verse 19, accompanied by miracles. So consequently, while they're not always recorded for us, it seems the miracle working power was evident uh, in many, many places uh, in the old in the New Testament. Uh, sin and a lack of faith. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. Here's a verse that speaks to this. He did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. I mean, I do believe uh, to certain measure that that can be true today, that we don't see miracles because of our lack of faith or or we don't see answers to prayer, like the money need I had in South Sudan or other needs that we have, sometimes we do lack faith. And the Bible, in places like the book of James, speaks to the need of our faith. Um, You have not uh, because you ask not, or James chapter 
One says that when you ask, do not doubt, do not be a double-minded man. Um, so option three, they're possible today, but not the norm. Uh, there is a view that the miraculous signs are still possible today, but they're not the norm. They could intensify during certain periods of history of the church uh, without dying out altogether or in varying different uh, missionary context uh, where God says, I'm going to do this because I want to substantiate my message. Now, some would say, yeah, but we have the Bible. I, I know that, but some, some tribal peoples do not. And it is not in their language. And sometimes, these are stories of missionaries I've heard for years, uh, God shows up and does something truly miraculous because he wants to substantiate that what the missionary is saying is, in fact, the truth. So miracles may not be performed as in the days of the apostles. They may not be the the norm for the age in which we live, but they're still possible. Uh, and some, as I've already said, there have been reports of, of miracles occurring on occasion, but their frequency and verifiability is not the same as with the apostolic times. I don't think we should always expect a miracle. Uh, I, I, I think that we don't need to always be seeking signs. Uh, Jesus himself even disparaged the sign seekers in Luke chapter 11, verse 29. The crowds began, uh, the, the crowds were increasing. He began to say, this generation is an evil generation. It's looking for a sign, but no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah. There are people who all they want is the miracle. All they want is the sign. All they want is the supernatural. Uh, and uh, Jesus right here is saying, in, in fact, John chapter 6, he says, you're only following me because of the miracles. You're not following me because I am God. You're not following me because I'm Savior. You're following me because of miracles. What do we do? We, we learn to listen to God. What do we do? We stand back and let God do his work. What do we do? Uh, in my opinion, uh, and there's, there's more I could say about this. In fact, let me, let me say one more thing. Uh, John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25 uh, when Jesus was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed his name because they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, would not entrust himself to them because he knew, knew all people and needed no one to testify about anyone, for he himself knew what was in everyone. He knew what was there and would not entrust himself to people because he knew all they were seeking was a sign. You go to chapter 6. Uh, God can do miracles. I want to stay focused on the message. Uh, I want to stay focused on the scriptures. There may be comments going on there. I can't see them because I'd open up the screen. But what do we want to do? Uh, we want to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Uh, what do we want to do? Uh, we want to keep praying and trusting and asking God to do things. Um, so, and, and looking at, at a comment here, uh, God sent his word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and to that, just, just a thought, and this isn't a combative thought, so please don't take it that way. Um, that's true. But just because God is the same doesn't mean that he will always do things the same way. Uh, Otherwise, you wouldn't have the Old Testament. 
God did certain things a certain way in the Old Testament uh, era, uh, and when the New Testament era came, he did things differently. So while God himself is the same, God does do different things different ways in different times. doesn't mean he's changed. It just means he's doing things differently. So just a thought on that, uh, that verse in that way. Uh, and Priscilla sharing this a woman in our local church was healed of cancer by faith, laying out of hands, anointing with oil about 15 years ago. No doubt it was a miracle. And we are praying for that, uh, for uh, our, our dear brother that we talked about yesterday. And I, I refrain a little bit from saying the name too often, um, but we pray for that very thing, that, that there would be a, a healing and that this cancer that our dear brother has uh, would be overcome and that uh, he would grow to be ripe and old. He gets to listen to this chuckle at what I have just said to you there. Chuckle. And uh, God, God's miracles come in many forms. Every time God brings me repentance, it's a miracle. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. And, and just the idea we're gonna we're gonna keep our focus serving the Lord and not serve other gods. And, and so don't be pulled aside by other gods, the gods of this age, the gods of education, uh, the gods of popular media. Uh, may we follow the Lord God Himself, and may we just be trusting in Him. Maybe you need to see something truly wonderful and magnificent in your life today, and. As Claire concludes, those three men uh, trusted God no matter what happens and that we would be the same. No matter what happens, we will continue to trust in God. But certainly we want God's direction. Certainly we want God's provision. Certainly we want God's blessing. So Lord, hear our prayer for those things today. Help us to trust in you. Help us to look in, look to you. Help us to believe that you will do great things for the glory and honor of your name. Lord, today hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, uh, one more broadcast left tomorrow, uh, and then I'll be off for uh, almost two weeks again. Uh, but uh, let's keep growing, keep striving, keep trusting. Have a great day.